Rogers. Spend your summer mornings with us. News, information, conversation, controversy, and fun. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Welcome back. Hey, welcome back, my friend. Your dreams were your ticket. Maybe you didn't go anywhere. Maybe you've been with us all morning long already. Me, I went to pee. I know where the majority went, Howard. <laughs> so, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. It's round number two, Watchdog Morning Show for a Thursday, 8.09, nine minutes after the hour. We're looking at uh, 28 degrees. Wheeling, it's cold, it's cold, cold. Clear skies, frosty, though. 28 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. Feels like 23. 24 at the Highlands, 21 in Elm Grove, and 26 here at the Robinson Otter Group Studios, downtown Wheeling, in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Adam Fike, morning meteorologist, is under the weather today. He's um, I did not talk to him. I texted with him, and I get the sense he was really, really not feeling. And again, you you were like this, well, literally a week ago today, right? Yeah, I mean, I know exactly uh, what he's uh, going through. And uh, just about the only thing you can do there is just stay in bed and just hope you can sleep like I did. And you wake up and, uh, voila, Howard, eat some Jello and you'll feel a lot better. My wife, um, and by the way, this is where Biff would have told me to put down the shovel. My wife, whom I love dearly, cannot acknowledge when she's not well. She has been sniffling and coughing and sneezing, and uh, she has probably not quite as intense as you did or, or as maybe Adam does, but she's been ill the last couple of days. And I can't get her to sit down, take a day quill, wrap up in a blanket, and watch Hallmark movies. You know, I just... She's, I get home and she's running around. She's doing some cleaning and she went, I had to go to the grocery. No, you didn't have to do that. The thing, and you just said it, when you're, when you're under the weather like this, and lots of people are, this is not just you or my wife or Adam. Right now, lots of people have this thing that's going around. You got to just, nothing, there is nothing that works. I mean, you might have medication, but essentially there's nothing that works except rest. Absolutely. And, you know, there's a lot of things that I'm stubborn about, Howard. Uh, that is not one of them. You know, I, I don't mind going to bed and say, you know what, Howard, I'll, uh, I'll call you when I wake up. I'll let you know how I feel because I know what works for me and nothing works better than just sleep. And and when you've got maybe a light, slight fever or something, they've got the chills, get a blanket, wrap yourself up and, and stay there and just stay there. Uh, I wouldn't, I'm, Hallmark would not be my ma uh, movie of choice, but my wife loves them. So watch the Hallmark movies, sleep. That's what you do. Are you listening to me, honey? It's because I love you. And she always says, no, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> Jeez. Anyway. I go, <laughs> I'm sick, Howard. <laughs> I'm so sick, Howard. <laughs> From slider, you get honesty at least. All the way around, I will say, by the way, honesty. Is, uh, you are not, you're a pretty transparent kind of guy, pal. Yeah, I've always had a problem with that, Howard. I guess that would be a shortcoming. Yeah, you don't have to read the book. Uh, just look at me, listen to me for a couple seconds. You'll know what's going on. Something's wrong with slider. Isn't yeah. It? <laughs> when, you, when you hear gentle on my mind, you know, uh, wow, he's, he's feeling Frank it. did send me a weather forecast. Bless his little heart. Even though he was homesick, he sent me a forecast. Uh, sunshine today and tomorrow in the 40s today, 50s tomorrow. Temperatures rise through the weekend, possibly hitting the 60s. It will be a cloudy weekend, and rain returns early next Monday and Tuesday. The official forecast for you 
from Adam Fike over at the Big 7 WTRF-TV. Brad McElhinney coming up in a minute or two. I do want to remind you, uh, if you not hear us talk about it, or if you haven't checked in with Channel 7 this morning, there is a fire on 16th Street in downtown Wheeling today. Uh, here is the info that Channel 7 has on their website. Uh, Wheeling Fire battling a blaze at 150 16th Street. Um, it's up in that area around the Salvation Army. No, it's not the Salvation Army, don't get me wrong, but it's up in that general area. Um, the structure used to be an old apartment building, according to Channel 7. Here's the critical thing for everybody. 16th Street is blocked off on both sides. You cannot use 16th Street this morning. So you're going to have to use one of the messy, miserable <laughs> Mainer Market Streets coming into town. When was uh, Rachel's grand opening, Howard? Wasn't it? Oh, okay. I, I, thank God it wasn't. I, I swear when I heard that story, this I thought, oh, my God, no. Did they just open and have, But No, it's not Rachel's. But, yes, it was yesterday. Um, 16th Street is blocked off on both sides. No injuries reported at the time. Officials believe the building has significant fire damage. Taylor Long is on the scene gathering info. As she gets more, the Big 7 will have more. You can catch it on Channel 7, or we will pass it along when we get it. Next hour, our friends Jim Frio and Shane Stack are coming in. Why are they coming in? Because they got the big auction coming up this weekend. That, or Yeah, this weekend. Um, Saturday. Which we've been talking about. It's Saturday, 10 o'clock is the auction time. Inspection begins at 9 at the Plater Operations Center of the city. And we have been talking a lot about the fact that this is a great place to get vehicles. This is the city's, the city and the county vehicles they've used and are now not using anymore. Uh, they've got they've got cars and they got trucks. They've got uh, SUVs. Uh, if you want something unusual, they got salt spreaders and snow plows all going on the auction block. Uh, but as Bob has been telling us all week long, speaking from his son's own experience. This is a great place to get a, a good used vehicle at a reasonable price. Yeah, and that's the advice I gave him when he was looking for an SUV, a, a gently used uh, SUV. And I said, you know, in my opinion, the county, the city both take take care of their vehicles. You know, when things need to get done, they do them. And uh, he said, okay, Dad, I'll give it a whirl. And that was over a year ago. And uh, he loves his vehicle. And uh, it was a good move for him. And it could be a great move for you. Absolutely. So the inspection begins at uh, 9 o'clock uh, Saturday morning. The auction is at 10. The Clater Operations Center, which is, as I keep saying all this week, is the other end of the Wheeling Hospital Street. If you go up, turn left, you're going to go up to Wheeling Hospital. Turn right, you go to the Clater Center. Don't even worry about it because there will be plenty of signs pointing you to the auction. Uh, get there early. Do want to check things out. Again, I, if I'm buying a vehicle, I want to actually, you know, proverbially kick the tires, at least take a good long look at it. Um, but uh, it's there. And uh, there's some other neat stuff, though which I did not realize. I mean, there's some neat stuff coming from Ogilvy Park, for example. And uh, Shane and Jim will be here with us next hour to talk some of those more interesting and off-the-beaten-path kind of things. But don't forget this auction coming up on Saturday. Um, all right, and don't forget, 16th Street is closed today right now because of a fire. So uh, getting around uh, the downtown area is going to be harder than usual, and it's hard to begin with. So uh, be aware of that. Uh, our friend Brad Macklin is coming up next here on the Watchdog Morning Show. We're going to be talking about uh, the Southern Regional Jail lawsuit and some apparently some missing documents that I guess have been found. That's uh, Brad Macklin coming up next right here. Hi, Toppy Kirchhoff will talk line on Metro News. We're here weekdays, 10.06 till noon, talking about what's happening in West Virginia and talking with you. I was just a little disappointed to hear your assertion that uh, you need a lot of money to run for office. This was supposed to be a citizen legislature. Now we have people that uh, basically aspire to 
my office. And uh, the only way they get there is by raising millions of dollars. Talk line weekdays at 10.06 on this Metro News Station. Babies come with lots of decisions. Cloth or disposable? Crib or bassinet? So when it comes to protection, go with the safest, most effective choice, vaccination. Get all the recommended vaccines for your baby by age two to protect your child against 14 serious childhood diseases. For more reasons to vaccinate, talk to your child's doctor. Go to cdc.gov vaccines or call 800-CDC-INFO. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Don't just listen. Be part of all of our shows. Use the Frio Stack Auction Service hotline. Call or text us at 304-214-1600. The Frio Stack Auction Service hotline. Your direct connection to the watchdog. Is your business protected from cyber threats? In today's world, it's more important than ever to have a cybersecurity plan in place. But with so many different solutions out there, it can be hard to know where to start. That's where Omni Strategic Technologies comes in. We're a technology support firm with a strong focus on cybersecurity. We have a team of local experts who can help you assess your risks, develop a plan, and implement the right tools to serve and protect your business. If you want to get serious about cybersecurity, choose Omni Strategic Technologies for the peace of mind knowing that your business is protected and prepared. Live and local. Every weekday. With 10,000 watts of total power. On WKKX and WVLY. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Country music, bumper music every Thursday here on the Watchdog Morning Show. It's 8, 18, 18 after the hour. We're looking at a very cold and frosty morning this morning. 28 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. There's a feels-like temperature of 23, 24 at the Highlands, 21 in my backyard in Elm Grove, and 26 degrees here at the Robinson Otter Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. It is going to be sunny. We'll be up um, 47-ish or so for the day today again fire on 16th street this morning uh it's got 16th street closed both ways uh, michael sends me a text to uh, the frio stack auction service text line at 304-214-1600 16th street remains closed from route 250 to jacob street per the wheeling fire department uh at 8 11 this morning so still i suspect it'll be closed for a good while Probably enough that I said I got to get. Out. I have a quick. Me- I have a 10:30 meeting out of here. I got to get out of here. And with Market Street, the mess it is, and Main Street, the mess it always has been, and now 16th Street closed. I don't know. To get to Wheeling University, do I do I go over to Ohio and try and come back? You know, I don't even know how I'm gonna. Just remember, it's all. To, everything's getting better. Everything's getting better. I want to talk to Brad McElhaney from Metro News this morning. Um, the Southern Regional Jail story is is um, a really interesting one. Um, j- just to begin with, there are allegations of uh, inmate abuse and not enough food and, and bad conditions and so on. It re- very reminiscent in my mind of what we heard from the, about the Moundsville Penitentiary all those many years ago. Then a lawsuit was filed, and then this lawsuit has kind of run off the rails a little bit um, and uh, just taken all kinds of twists and turns. So I wanted to try and put it all together. Brad is here. Good morning, sir. Hey, good morning, Howard. 
This is a, the, the story itself, I mean, simply the claims against the regional jail are pretty serious. I mean, the allegations are, are, are pretty, pretty serious. Even, even without the lawsuit, we had heard the claims before that the jail was not being, I don't know how my phrase is, not being run right, I guess, right? Yes. There were 13 deaths within a year's time around 2022 at the Southern Regional Jail that is near Beckley. I actually, coincidentally, am on my way this morning to two plea hearings back-to-back for corrections officers who are pleading guilty to depriving an inmate of his rights. The inmate died. He was – the filings in these cases indicate he was beaten to death. Uh, He'd only been in jail for 24 hours, uh, was accused of a violent crime himself, but had not yet gone to trial, had not been adjudicated. Something happened in the jail, and he, at one point, tried to push his way past corrections officers. At that point, he was pulled aside into a series of rooms in the jail, uh, was handcuffed, and the beatings continued. There are, as I said, two corrections officers who are pleading guilty today, but the filings in this case indicate that there may be additional people to blame. Uh, So that is just an example of the kinds of awful things that have been reported out of Southern Regional Jail in the last year or so. Uh, None of that is directly related to this lawsuit uh, that is a a separate federal court matter, but it gives you the flavor of the kind of things we're talking about. Yeah, that's why I said this story is is a bigger story than just the lawsuits or the more recent happenings in that lawsuit. There are allegations of inmate abuse, also allegations, and I guess the lawsuit goes more to this, that the conditions in the jail are not, I guess they're not humane, I don't know what word they're using in the lawsuit, but the conditions in the jail are not up to standards, right? Inhumane is the word that's used, and, you know, there are a few questions about that. One is the ongoing emergency declared by Governor Justice himself over the the numbers of correctional officers the National Guard being pulled in to to fulfill those back office functions. If you don't have enough jail staff, is it truly safe for anyone? Uh, And then overcrowding that has been a problem in West Virginia jails for years. That's been uh, well documented in West Virginia. And and then this uh, more abstract idea of what would what is a decent standard of, of human treatment for the inmates in, in the regional jail system, particularly Southern Regional Jail, again, many of whom have not yet been to trial. They're, they're pre-trial detainees who are not judged guilty or innocent yet, many of them. So outside of the lawsuit, there are allegations and actually uh, charges and, and plea bargains and so on going on. Inside the lawsuit, there are these claims of uh, inhumane conditions and so on. Is this the lawsuit? I want to make sure I have it right because there are a couple of lawsuits sitting out there. Is this the one you and I talked about it earlier this week that Governor Justice said, well, there's no sense in deposing me because I don't know anything? This is the same one, and there are a couple of lawsuits. Uh, Steve New, a Beckley attorney, has is, is the lawyer behind a couple of them. This is a longer-standing lawsuit, a class action that focuses on Southern Regional Jail, but there is another one that is a, a broader lawsuit about the conditions of West Virginia's correction system more broadly. 
but this is one where, yes, there's been a subplot of the governor and the chief of staff, Brian Abraham, being asked to testify because they are the ones who have the overriding philosophy about what's the deal with the emergency in the jail system. Uh, what is your thinking about funding for the jail system? Uh, those are things that the lawyers in the case would like to get them to be deposed under oath about, uh, but their lawyers and they themselves have been reluctant to do that. And, of course, the governor, uh, probably not wisely, in my opinion, uh, made the comment, uh, I think I think in response to your question uh, last week or this earlier this week, I forget, that, um, well, there's no sense in deposing me. I don't know anything. A teetotal, it's a teetotal waste of time, he told you, because I, I, I don't know anything. Uh, that's a horrible, to me at least, that's a horrible thing for the uh, chief executive of your state to say over an issue that is a clear, big issue in your own state. Health and safety is a key component of governance, and he is the chief executive officer. So he, he needs to probably take the broad view. I don't know that anyone expects him to be an expert on the ins and outs of every jail in the system, but his administration sets priorities both financially and sets the tone for what the culture should be in the jail system. Governor Justice, I don't think, was going to be asked about, you know, does the cell number 18 need a new lock? But there was an issue of something like $200 million in delayed capital upgrades to the jail system, $200 million. One of the questions within that scope was the administration during the time of of COVID federal funding availability took $29 million or so uh, that, that had been attributed to expenses in the jail system, drew it down from the federal government, and then bounce past the money to a governor-controlled gifts fund. Of that, $10 million went to Marshall's new baseball field. So that's the kind of question that the lawyers in the case are asking. Why up against $200 million in needed locks on jail cells, why did you draw down that money? What was your thinking, chief executive? And bounce pass it to Marshall for their baseball and move it to a baseball field. Yeah, I mean, but the governor's response, at least to your question, was again, I don't know. I mean, or I don't know anything. I I found that just to be a staggering comment by, by chief executive. But Brad, this week, this is a fascinating suit, a fascinating story. This week, things took a little turn. This week, we heard allegations that documents were destroyed, um, reports that should have been preserved for the lawsuit were no longer available, couldn't be found, that emails weren't around. That's, and then the, the magistrate said he, is, he can only draw the conclusion so much was missing that it was intentionally destroyed. That was the stunning report earlier this week. Yes. So, you know, to have a court case, you need evidence. And so the plaintiffs in the case have been pursuing a range of material, including email, cell phones, text messages, Uh, criminal investigation division reports, and other electronic and paper data. Uh, Much of that has either been vaporized because people who are key witnesses in the case have left the correction system, and shortly thereafter their their email was allowed to expire, was was purged. Uh, Other other examples of evidence that should have been there, like grievance reports, should have been in paper form, uh, 
from inmates five years worth wasn't able to be found, at least not by the time this U.S. magistrate judge came out with his filing this week. And he said it just it, it defies logic. This is U.S. District U.S. Magistrate Judge Omar Abelhassan. He said the court is not convinced that there was some species of ineptitude that infected every individual in the chain of command regarding evidence preservation. So he had a four-hour hearing, and witness after witness on the state side said, we can't find that. That's gone. We don't know where that is. He was just stunned, baffled, and completely dismayed to the point that he called for a – this is a recommendation. The U.S. magistrate judge is – the guy in the federal court system who handles the preliminary stuff. Right. The final call will be with the district judge. But Amahasen said that that essentially the state has fouled out on its side. He called for a default judgment, uh, meaning that the state would just lose on every count because they've not made this evidence available. Without it even going to trial, default judgment. No, you've, you've screwed this up so badly, you can't win, so we're just going to assume that you lose. Now, that, that, that recommendation, I believe, had not been yet followed through on by the, the judge, but that was the recommendation. But, Brad, the story isn't done yet. Oh, man, twist and turns. Now they have found some of these documents? <laughs> yeah, a couple of things. Later yesterday, after the governor's most recent press briefing, the chief of staff, Brian Abraham, one of the people that, that the plaintiffs in the case would like to depose uh, publicly stated a couple things, that, that two of uh, the key players in the correction system and in Homeland Security have now been fired. Uh, one is Brad Douglas, who during uh, many of the key months had been the interim corrections commissioner. Uh, the other was um, Phil Sword, who is chief counsel, was chief counsel for the Department of Homeland Security. So a couple of firings coming out of this, people who conceivably should have been responsible for at least at a top level this information being available. And then Abraham said that, that some of this evidence, specifically the grievance filings that should have been both in paper and electronic format, five years of stuff, uh, he said it's been found now. Um, it was actually, it was it was my boss, Hoppy Kirchival, who had the conversation late in the day on the record with Brian Abraham. Uh, and he, Abraham said the grievances requested have been located in electronic and paper form. They're going to be turned over. Uh, and then Hoppy asked Abraham, well, why why wasn't that stuff found earlier? Abraham said, it's inexplicable. inexplicable. They're here. Uh, so, uh, Hoppy yeah. then conveyed that information to me, right? And he said, do you get it? And I said, no, I don't get it. <laughs> so we... we well, they had... were in a corner? <laughs> they were in the dust closet? Just yeah, hidden over there somewhere. We just, nobody bothered to look that look over there. It, it, it's crazy. So you have uh, Brian Abraham going essentially, oh, no. Oh, no. Um, I want to go back to a point I made earlier. It, first it, guest it, with Hoppy today, by the way. So if you're interested in these twists and turns... Brian Abraham will be on the radio. I will be curious to hear hear what he has to say because one of the uh, overarching concerns above and outside the lawsuit or even the allegations outside the lawsuit that concern me is this apparent lack of oversight, lack of control. Again, when the governor says, well, I don't know anything about it, I mean, that's, that's just an inappropriate response for a major issue in your state. And when the governor's chief of staff says, well, 
Uh, geez, we almost lost this case because we did, couldn't find documents, but son of a gun, we found them. Where'd you, how, how, how did you not get them before? Oh, no. I mean, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a pretty big issue in my mind. I, maybe I'm just naive on this, but that's a pretty big issue in my mind. So now well, the... A, go ahead. A couple of points of comparison. Uh, the same day, this was last week, the same day the governor said, I don't have any earthly idea about what goes on in the correction system. He promised that he was going to send a letter to the NCAA about the eligibility of a college athlete at WVU. Yeah, right. So the correction system, outside the chief executive scope, the eligibility of college athletes and rulings by the National Collegiate Athletic Association within the scope. Uh, the other thing is that, you know, people like to say that lawsuits are frivolous and they are burdensome. Uh, or that, that lawyers are ambulance chasers. Okay, I'll give you all that. But <laughs> lawsuits are also a way to make sure the government is doing its job, that government is being held accountable. And without the kind of information that the lawyers were seeking in this case, it, by and large, it should have also been public information. So it, this is a way of holding government accountable, but not if you don't have the evidence for both the lawyers and the judge and the public to assess whether government is doing its job of maintaining a, a decent, efficient, humane correction system. How are we supposed to judge that? Who knows what goes on in there? And that's that's uh, that to me that's a that's a really big issue and a fair issue. Procedurally, Brad, what's happening now? The magistrate had recommended a default judgment. Is he going to revise that now based on the documents showing up, or has there been any talk about that? Do you have any sense of that? Uh, I don't know. It's it's very fresh. But, you know, if I'm the magistrate judge and multiple people in a long hearing have told me this stuff can't be found, and then I, I put out my fiery filing on Monday, and that stuff is suddenly found on Wednesday— I might have additional questions. I, you know, I don't, I, procedurally, I don't know whether he has the purview to bring everybody back in, but boy, I would, I would question some things. I you know, have the same kind of questions that Brad and, uh, and, and Howard have. You know, I, I don't know. Like you said, I don't know the, the the legal process well enough. It would seem to me that at this point, the judge has got to say we need to now do some investigating into where were those things and why weren't they here on Monday, but they're here on Wednesday. What you know, there's. That, for lack of a better phrase, chain of evidence, that chain of evidence has to be figured out at some point. I mean, if he was calling it purposeful and saying it was uh, intentional, that, that, that it just defied logic, that, that multiple people would just come up empty on the demands for this evidence, I mean, you, you've got to then wonder, well, why did this miracle occur and suddenly it's found? <laughs> the virgin birth of evidence. <laughs> yeah. and, you get, and you've got two people who were let go suddenly after this, uh, this ruling or, or recommendation from the magistrate. Um, I mean, all of this, honest to goodness, this sounds like Slider and I always joke about all we ever know about the, the, the legal system, what we see on Law and Order. But I swear this is like one of those convoluted cases on Law and Order, twist and double twist, you know? Well, I mean, normally you wouldn't be concerned as a member of the public about discovery in the court system. But it is, it's a governmental responsiveness issue. 
And, you know, it, it, it has had twists and turns, many of which aren't explained to my liking. My question to the governor yesterday and to the Homeland Security Secretary was, all right, if you guys are saying this was not intentional, well, what was it? Was it systemic ineptitude? Yeah, incompetence. Uh, please, yeah. Was it incompetence? Please, please give a name to it so that I can understand. And I didn't feel like of my question was truly answered to be honest with you well brian abraham on today with hoppy so maybe we'll hear at least something more about this I, this is a pretty big story in my mind um again in every aspect of it beginning simply with the claims about the problems of the jail and let's back up to that all of this ins and outs of the legal system and it was docu were documents destroyed not destroyed hidden not hidden suddenly found where where were they all of that is a really interesting. It's almost a sideshow because none of it really advances the question of what's being done to improve conditions at the regional jail system or at our jail systems across the country, across the state. I mean, the, the, the big issue is still sitting out there. Agreed. And I will add that another significant issue in the state is the condition of the foster care system. Thousands of kids, the, the responsiveness of child protective services. There is a, a major class action on that very serious issue and a parallel situation where the lawyers who filed suits are being told that, that emails of departed employees like Bill Crouch, the former secretary of DHHR, just can't be filed. We're completely wiped after the departure of those employees. So same situation evidence in the case necessary to assess the state's dealings with the foster care system, but also coming up empty. I mean, incredible that it's both at once. Well, your timing is just great. As I prepare to let you go, that is a great segue to saying that next hour, Amelia Nicely is going to join us from West Virginia Watch, and we're going to talk about the foster care system and all the stuff that's going on with that and those lawsuits. So um, that was a great segue. You led me right into that. Amelia is going to be here with us next hour to talk about her coverage of that, which has been pretty uh, um, um, intensive. So uh, we'll, we're going to follow that story as well. Um, all of this against the background of politics in West Virginia where the governor is running for the Senate race. You know, what a, a lot of stuff going on. Let's just put it that way. And Hoppy will have much more about this. He's been – I've let Hoppy follow the story. I don't mean I've let him, but I mean I haven't really done a lot with this because we've been able to follow it pretty much with, with the talk line. But – it, it, it's gotten so convoluted now. I felt we needed to spend, take some time to look at it on this show as well. And I, I appreciate your helping me out with that today. And again, Emilio coming up next hour to talk about the uh, the foster care system too. Well, we've filled your whiteboard. I hope you have a second one with Amelia, and I hope you have a great visit with her. All right. Thanks a lot, Brad. I appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Have thanks, a great Howard. day. Uh, Brad McLean from Metro News. Is it – am I – well, we've got something's going on outside. Uh, 8.40, the hour here on the uh, Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, we're looking at, uh, what are we looking at here? We're looking at, uh, I'm going to double check the temperature because I, I suspect we may have gone up a little bit. It's a cold morning this morning. And let me double check something here real quick. Bob, I saw you get, did you get any more info on the uh, 16th Street? I thought maybe that phone call you got was about that. No, we were having a little bit of problems on WVLY. Hopefully we have that uh, fixed now. Oh, okay. All right. Um, anyways, uh, this, this, the, the guy, does, doesn't this sound like a, one of the more weird versions of law and order? You know, here's this lawsuit. The governor, I don't know nothing. D documents are missing. Then documents show up. 
what what's going on here? And it's, well, and again, we have two separate cases, same thing. To me, I get suspicious. I watch Law and Order the same as you do. When somebody starts saying, "I don't know," "I don't know nothing," I get suspicious there, and then it just got more suspicious every day. And what's going to happen tomorrow? Probably something. Monday, the judge says. These documents have been missing. We think they've been deleted. They think we've been destroyed. I am ruling that they have been intentionally destroyed. So this case can't go forward because evidence has been tampered with. Two days later, oh, uh, hey, guess what? Guess what? There it is. There it is. And it's Brad Point. Where was it? And literally, Brian Abraham's answer was, Oh, no. Well, they can't tell you where it was because that way they would criminate who had it. I mean, what a mess. And it is, not, again, it, now this case, there was significantly more material missing. We'll talk to Amelia next hour in the foster care case where there also is a lawsuit. Emails have been missing and deleted. What? This takes me back to the old days of West Virginia where, you know, just... I thought you were going to go to Nixon. Erase those things. We could, well, we could, we could, we could go there too. Missing material. Honest to goodness. All right, eight forty-one, nineteenth of the hour. Watchdog morning show. Good Thursday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your seven news headlines on this November the second. Crews responded to a structure fire in South Wheeling last night at forty-five fifteen Wetzel Street, just before seven thirty. Wheeling Public Information Officer Philip Stahl tells us the fire broke out in a living room of a trailer. No one was home at the time and there were no injuries. Stahl says firefighters were able to douse the flames quickly. The cause remains under investigation. Stay with 7 News for any updates. And two Chicago men are facing multiple charges in Jefferson County relating to drug trafficking and possession. 20-year-old Sinquan J. Dunn has been charged with 10 counts, including several felonies. He's accused of trafficking and possessing cocaine in a fentanyl-related compound. 26-year-old Thomas Cunningham has been charged with six counts. He is also alleged to have trafficked and possessed cocaine in a fentanyl-related compound. The charges stem from drug arrests in August. And Tyler Carhut, a 27-year-old from Toronto, was indicted by the Jefferson County Grand Jury on Wednesday for several crimes. He is accused of shooting at police and leading them on a multi-state car chase in September. Some of the charges he faces are aggravated burglary, aggravated assault, and failure to comply with an officer. You can find more details and a full list of charges on our website, WTRF.com. And over to Weirton, Permani Bros is opening their new location at 255 St. Thomas Drive today. And get this, the first 100 people through the door will get free sandwiches for a year. Hungry fans can join the opening celebration tailgate, which is already underway. Doors are set to open to the first 100 tailgaters around 10 this morning. In addition to all of that, there's going to be games, prizes, and even a DJ. The CEO of Permani Bros says the company has been wanting to come to Weirton for years. And he says there's no better way to celebrate. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Thursday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. What do you really know about BYU? Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Caridi. That story coming up on today's Mountaineer Report, brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. The holidays start here at Kroger with a variety of options to celebrate traditions old and new. You could do a classic herb roasted turkey or spice it up and make turkey tacos. Serve up a go-to shrimp cocktail or use simple truth wild caught shrimp 
for your first Cajun risotto. No matter how you shop, Kroger has all the freshest ingredients to embrace all your holiday traditions. Kroger, fresh for everyone. With Kroger brand products, you can make all your favorite things this holiday season. Because Kroger brand's proven quality products come at exceptionally low prices. And with a money-back quality guarantee, every dish is sure to be a favorite. These are a few of my favorite things. Whether you shop delivery, pickup, or in-store, Kroger brand has all your favorite things. Kroger, fresh for everyone. If you follow the Mountaineers at all, by now you know that West Virginia's next opponent will be the Cougars of BYU this Saturday night at Milan Pushkar Stadium. You know all that. But what do you really, really know about BYU, one of the four newcomers into the Big 12 Conference this season? Well, West Virginia and BYU have had a very, very limited existence on the football field. Just one meeting. It was back in 2016 at FedEx Field. West Virginia won in dramatic fashion, 35-32. Future NFL performer Taysom Hill had a big game against the Mountaineers, 241 passing yards, 105 yards on the ground, but... It was a late interception that sealed the deal for West Virginia. Saturday's game, the first ever time that a BYU football team will play a game in the state of West Virginia, but they're not strangers to the East Coast. They've made at least two trips to the East in three of the last four regular seasons. However, this is their longest road trip of the year, and it's the second time this season they've had to go back-to-back on the road earlier They went out and played Arkansas and then at Kansas. Now, here's something to keep in mind. Each time they have lost this season, they have come back to win their next game. They lose to Kansas. They beat Cincinnati. They lose to TCU. They beat Texas Tech. Last week, they lost to Texas, so watch out. And they've been very good in the month of November. They come into this one having won eight consecutive games in the month of November, dating back to 2019. Coming up tonight, we invite you to talk more Mountaineer football. Neil Brown Show begins at 6 from Kegler's. That is today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at steelusa.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. The coffee is brewed. Phone lines are open. And the morning team is ready to roll. From the Robinson Auto Group Studios, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Well, it's been building up inside of me for, oh, I don't know how long. I don't know why, but I keep thinking something's bound to go. 13 to the hour, Watchdog Morning Show underway. Uh, 304-214-1600, the text line. Not sure what this is, Bob, but I have a text here that says, Tell Bob you demand. 
I think that's from our uh, friends and listeners down in the Clarington area that was concerned because we went away for a little bit, Howard. But you brought him back. Well, I didn't. Like uh, a, like thanks, a, like Taylene. You, you prayed over the system and then brought it back. To <laughs> and I texted the boss and she oh, fixed okay. it. All right. Uh, 304-214-1600, Frio Stack Auction Service text line. Refer- referencing the story that we just did with Brad McElhinney about the missing and then found documents in the Southern Regional Jail lawsuit. Maybe the documents were in a box in the Greenbrier bunker. Uh, at this moment, it's as good an explanation as any. It's as good an explanation as any. I'll tell you what's a better explanation, Howard. Yeah. They were hoping they could get away with saying, we don't know where they are, but then they thought better of it and said, uh, hey, here they are. Yeah, yes, exactly. Um, and I think um, the, 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 the question now is going to be, what do those documents, the missing documents, what do they say? How incriminating are they? And who do they incriminate? That may tell us who hit them, because clearly they were hidden. I mean, that's my word, nobody else's. But What did the governor say? <laughs> it would be a teetotal waste of time for you to ask me because I don't know nothing. I don't know nothing about this. I don't. I would be happy. That's what he said. I would be happy to testify, but I don't know nothing about this. It would be a teetotal waste of time to ask me because I don't know. And, you know, Brad made a good point. Uh, you know, Nobody expects him to know that there is a bad lock on cell door number seven. That's that's not the point. But aren't you you got a gigantic lawsuit, actually multiple ones, but you got a, a gigantic don't you follow it? I would think, and I don't know what it's like to be the governor or an executive with so many balls in the air. Wouldn't you think there would be like a once a week a status update, sit down and say, now guys, bring me up to speed. Where is this lawsuit? Well, uh, boss, uh, documents are missing. They're missing? Well, go down there and check that out. They, they can't be missing. Can't, can't you get, let me get, Brian, get some guys on there. Let's go find them. We got to know. You know, so it. I, I am, this is a thousand percent speculation on my part. No indication, no implication, no knowledge, no sources, no nothing. I think there's something in those documents, the missing now found documents, that was extremely incriminating to somebody. And I'll speculate. I think they're going to ask you again, Governor. <laughs> yes, I think, like maybe today, Governor, where are where where were they? You know, I would like to know just literally factually, where were they? In the corner of you know Office Four Twenty Two in the in the state. I, where were they? And how did you just walk around? Oh, let's, hey, let's go get some coffee. Let's go get some coffee. Whoa, holy macro, look in there. I think those are the missing documents. And then the other question to ask, again, what is in the documents? Who is incriminated in the documents? The other question to ask is, and I don't know that Brad's story or anybody's story has had this yet, have all the documents been found? Have all of them been found? I doubt if they even went through what they was turned up yesterday to see what was erased or what is missing. Right. So, you know, is it, uh, again, I, I, I watch way too much Law & Order. I'm not going to, you know, shy away from that. So they have this doc, a box of documents, was missing, now found. But are they all in there? 
Well, we better give them the stuff we can get. And I'm not saying the governor. I'm, I'm doing my governor's voice, and I'm not implying the governor was directly involved in this at all. Well, we better give them, better give them something. Just take a couple of these files out. The ones that mentioned certain Make things. sure you take that one out. <laughs> you don't. don't get, get, that, that one can still be missing. My goodness. My goodness. Take that one out, too. <laughs> and then we don't want that one. No. It's a, give them the rest. Give them the rest. So just so many questions. And again, we're going to talk next hour with Amelia Nicely from West Virginia Watch. She has been like a bulldog on the issue of foster care uh, to the point that when she was working for public radio, the, uh, the administration tried to get her fired, basically, because she was asking too many questions about this whole foster care system. And there is another lawsuit involving the foster care system. And they've gotten missing emails, too. They're, they're, I don't think it's as big a deal as the Southern Jail's lawsuit. But in this foster care suit, they've got missing emails. I don't know where they are. Who knows where they are? And Amelia, the last I talked to her yesterday, has been trying to get the governor to make some kind of comment. You know what he has said? I don't know. Nothing. He said nothing. No, not 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 re not responded whatsoever. Man, what a mess. Seven till the hour. Watchdog morning show. State Farm, Kathy here. Hey, it's Mike. My team just pulled off the biggest upset ever. Nice, Mike. And some fans are getting crazy. They even flipped over a car. Whoa. Turns out it's my car, though. Oh. But I don't want to be upset right now. I want to know State Farm's going to take care of this, right? We got you covered, Mike. Yes! Woo! Go with the one that's here to help life go right. State Farm. Lori Grizel State Farm. Now serving West Virginia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. And now... Lori Grizel State Farm offers Rocket Professional Mortgage Loans, NMLS number 1437723. When deciding where to dine in the Ohio Valley, think first of the Highlands. With a full array of fast food choices for everyone in the family, or drop in at the Olive Garden, Cheddar's, Bubba's Burgers, Bob Evans, Fusion, or Panera Bread. Whatever your family's in the mood for, you can find it just off I-70 at the top of the hill. The Highlands, dining, shopping, entertainment, and lodging. A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. The Morning Show team is gathered and ready. Taylor Long has Ohio Valley headlines. Adam Fike has the detailed forecast. And Bob Slider and Tony Caridi have sports. Plus commentary, rants, and interviews with Howard Monroe. This is the Watchdog Morning Show on the Watchdog Radio Network. Once was a thought inside my head. Before I reached 30, I'd be dead. I used to think that. But somehow on and on I go. I keep on rolling with the flow. That's like us, Mr. Slaughter. We just keep on rolling with the flow. You know, they throw things at us and we just <laughs> we just keep on 
rolling. When I was in my 20s, I didn't think I did not think I'd make it past 30. I did, well, you had health issues. Is that what you're talking about? Well, or you just thought I, I uh, that was, was your destiny? I think it was my destiny. I know. I, I mean, I did have health issues, but not that I, my health issues in my 20s were nothing like I have now in my 60s. And, and now that I'm 70, um, I just always I, it was I always I just felt like now I'm not going to make it past 30. Um, but I did. You made it past 60. I made it past 40. And then you made it past 70. And now I made it past 70. I'm now at, at the at – the, Let's at, go for 80, Howard. Uh, what do you say? Let's go for 80. Listen, I was doing – this is things that old people do, old people do. I was doing the math the other day. I'm thinking, Teddy probably has about, you know, about eight years before he graduates. Hey, I'll, I will only be 78. You know, I'll be an old grandpa, but I, I'll be – you know. Well, you want to see the boy in college, Howard, so well, give yeah, yourself a little no, bit more but, time. You know, I mean, I always t- talk about being 70 and how old. But, uh, you know, I am you – know, I, I, I was about to say I'm in good health. Don't go I, too far, Howard. I'm not in great health. But as my doctors all go, hey, you know, you're still alive. You're still doing okay. You drove in here this morning. I did. And, um, you know, I'm driving more and I'm doing more. and You know, so, um, yeah. But I've been thinking a lot about that. I, you know, I think I'll be around for a while. You just, I told you to be quiet, Howard. Yes. Don't tap fate. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, 304-214-1600, the Frio SAC auction service text line. Um, Howard, you may know this. Yeah, we did, but I appreciate you texting anyways. You may know this. I haven't heard you mention it. Um, there's a fire on 16th Street. The street is blocked off on both sides, hoping it's not the Salvation Army. I, I appreciate you texting. We did know that, and we did mention it, but that's not a big deal. Thank you for texting. Listen, Bob and I were talking off the air. One thing we really, really appreciate is when you, the listener, alert us to something, something going on in the news world, a traffic tie-up, or a problem with the radio station, as we had earlier this morning. Um, Thanks, Grover. Yeah, somebody called and told us, you know, you got to check on that, and we did, and got it fixed. So, A, I I appreciate your your text here. Uh, But, B, yes, we did know it. And, no, to to your point, it is not the Salvation Army. It's up in that area close. of town. Yeah, it's pretty close. There, but it's not. It's an old apartment building that's there. To the best of my knowledge, as of about half an hour ago, 16th Street was still closed, both ends. You can't get on 16th Street uh, this morning as they continue to battle that fire. Channel 7 is following it, um, and to the extent that they give us more info, we will give you more info. You can certainly keep an eye out on the Big 7 uh, throughout the day, and they'll have the details as well. Coming up next hour, we're going to go, sold, 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 sold. Did I sound at all like Frio? Eh, Not as good, but uh, okay. Rookie. Uh, You're a rookie, Howard. Gone once, gone twice. Sold, sold, sold. 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 Jim Frio and Shane Stack coming in to talk about this big auction that's coming up this weekend. It is an annual or semi-annual affair that they hold. Uh, we've been talking a lot as we did the commercials for him about the vehicles, but there's some other neat stuff that's going to be up in the auction block, and we'll find out what some of that is. So Jim and, and Shane coming in next hour. Also, uh, Amelia Nicely coming in. Another big lawsuit with more missing material in the state of West Virginia and more people saying, oh, no. Uh, Amelia Nicely will report on that for us. So we got a lot to do as we head off uh, into hour number three. Right now, it's 9 o'clock on the Watchdog Morning Show. Sixteen hundred WKKX Wheeling.